This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. About three years ago, a 39-old mother of four, Mary Wamboy, was rescued out of a mudslide by her two sons. The then seven-month pregnant mother from Getuge village in Madhyoya, Moranga County, in central Kenya, was just a few meters to the famous Madhyoya River. A landslide had struck in the middle of the night, killed her brother-in-law, broken her house into two, swept away her cows, coffee plantation, chicken, and her entire livelihood. Hello there. This is your weekly Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mboko. Today, I want to take you to central Kenya, specifically to Moranga County, a county prone to landslides more than any other part of Kenya. But before I tell you more about Wamboi, just a reminder that this episode is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. This series has been made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists. The night of April 27th, the year 2018, is a night one boy and her two sons would love to forget. The rain was heavy. The lightning and thunderstorms were thunderous. A landslide had hit her village while Wamboi and her two sons were fast asleep. Her three-roomed house torn into two, separating her from her sons sleeping in the bedroom. It rained extremely heavy. I was asleep in the house with my two boys, and we didn't know a landslide had hit that night. I felt something shake, but I thought I was just dreaming. What made me realize something was amiss and woke me up was hearing the chickens squawking right under my bed, yet they lived in a separate pen. Just before I could make sense of my surroundings, my legs felt cold and I noticed there was water inside the house. Close to our house is a small natural stream. I thought a tree had fallen, blocked it and diverted the water into my house. I woke up shocked and called out for my children. Luckily, they were awake. One of them was under a pile of household furniture, shocked. At the time, the mud slide was dragging us all to the river at the bottom of our farm. Wamboi lost her brother-in-law and three villagers to the landslide. The affected village was moved temporarily to Mutito Vocational Training Center in Getuge. Red Cross asked the impacted families to secure land in a safer ground. For those who could not manage, the Red Cross would rebuild them a house on the affected farm, allowing them to return home. But a traumatized Wamboi family refused to return to the waterlogged family farm at the center of the landslide. As a result, the family has lived at the vocational center for over three years now until she was forcefully evicted last month. She says the eviction threats, life uncertainties, and landslide trauma has negatively impacted her health. Rings and thunderstorms affect me greatly. Even a bang makes me panic a lot. It reminds me of the landslide night. Rings and thunderstorms remind me of the landslide night ordeal. Mentally, I do not feel okay as my heart beats too fast. I have been having constant headaches and regular fainting lately which I didn't have before. 
Whenever people talk about the landslide, each time the thoughts start, my body weakens. That is when fainting starts. My children question a lot, especially now that we have been chased away from the school that we had sought shelter. Yet we haven't done any wrong. The doctor told me I am stressed over the landslides and events that happened after. The doctor advised me to avoid the thoughts, but how can I stop thinking about it? After the landslide, Red Cross were counseling people, but since then, I haven't encountered a counselor. The family lost their entire livelihood to the landslide. But how has life been for the family in general? Kenson Minor, her 60-year-old husband, explains. Life is difficult now because I have children whom I can't support as I should. I had a coffee plantation, a house and cows. Water swept everything away, leaving nothing behind. We were not as rich, but I managed to support my family livelihood with the farm income. The farm had assorted fruits, assuring my children of good nutrition-wise and food. I developed high blood pressure. I am currently on medication. Since the landslides, the soil retains too much water. The farm hasn't been productive. Maize dries up. The sweet potatoes aren't producing enough due to excess water. Before the landslide, the farm was productive. We planted and harvested maize and beans, and we harvested enough. We never had to buy food for our needs. Moranga County is located on the eastern food slopes of the Abadea Range in central Kenya. The terrain is steep. Soils are loose. Over the years, forest land has been converted into agricultural land, Tea plantations have not encouraged tree planting, making the farms vulnerable to natural disasters like landslides. Paul Morage, the Moranga County Meteorological Director, says between 1960 and 2015, about 60 landslides occurred in the county. But apart from the terrain, loose soil, what else makes this county so susceptible to a landslide? With the long rain season expected to begin in Kenya, what is rainfall in the landslide projection in Moranga County? Here is Morage. The terrain of Moranga, we have very steep gradient, steeper, we have slopes and what. The types of soil is very rich alluvial soils, we call them alluvial soils. You can dig up to 100 feet, to the depth of 100 feet, mm -hmm. with that gradient. It is the trigger for landslides, most is rainfall. Most of the areas in the upper zone, that is uh, areas bordering Abadeas and even the middle zones. Those are areas where we have very rich and deep alluvial soils. Now, the areas also receive the highest amount of rainfall. And persistent, for example, during the March, April, May, for example, we are expecting more than a thousand millimeters in three months or two months. There are some areas like Kigumo, we record 200 millimeters within one day, and the upper Kangema. So, and now, the farmers in those areas, or residents of those areas, they have converted nearly all the land to tea growing. And you know, basically, tea has, has uh, fibers. They are shallow-rooted. Mm -hmm. So they have removed the deep-rooted trees, paving way for the tea bushes. So with that, when the, when the soils become saturated, and we have the tea bushes, which enhances percolation, and the infiltration to the lower route, the tea just move. 
and that's why the trigger we have seen by example during the march april may 2018 long lanes which has uh, millions received more than 300 percent of their long term media like ikagema received 2200 millimeters of rainfall within three months and they usually have a normal of 700 millimeters now getting 2200 millimeters of rainfall triggered all those landslides we had 500 more than 500 homesteads were affected in one way or the other from 1960 from our record we have lost millions and millions of tons of rich soils because of the movement impacting very negatively to the agriculture sector mm -hmm. because is even we have fatalities for example during the march april may we lost six people in uh, Mulanga, and uh, hundreds were dozens were displaced so there is the effect of climate change that in Mulanga statistically when we analyze the data mm -hmm. Based on, uh, for example, the agrometric station from 1959, we have an increase in annual rainfall mm -hmm. and increase in off season. You are finding a very wet February or January. Say so that by the time, for example, this year, 2021, mm -hmm. even today, my, my February 22nd, we are expecting this, which is very unusual. So the soils are still yes. wet and they're increasing, the cracks are still increasing. So that's why we expect more landslide because the ground and the increase in the population which is necessitating that even habitation we also have a trigger of landslide because of infrastructure that we are developing we have two loads mau mau and what we call nyoka nyoka load mm -hmm. which are transversing the whole county and the upper zone and also touching the middle zone with the types of soil we are having they are now triggering landslides why? Because you have a lot of mechanization and you are cutting a slope so that you develop the load. And you see some areas a hundred feet of soils, mm -hmm. top soil, loose top soils. That's why each season we are having the loads crossed, debris on the roads. And that's why we're saying we need to climate proof our projects. Because the moment we call it climate smart programming, landscaping, because when we when you are doing an environmental impact assessment, you are looking at about possible what will happen in the future. Right, the meteorological office is advocating for what we call nature-based solutions because people have to get thermal clothes. Other than building concrete gabions, if we can be able to embrace babu, even now some farmers are adopting napier grass, so that we direct the water to the lowest point, and at the same time benefiting because even when for example in some areas which i have been able to uh, to visit the concrete the concrete gabions when it rains more they add the weight so they move uh, they also increase so one of the few things is that we need to do a geological survey and the met office based on the history and also based on uh, Softwares that we are using, which are GIS geographic information, GIS based, what we are calling like the example fact fit forecast interpretation tool. We can be able up to world level to project, even using the tessels, the probable maximum amount of rainfall you can get with the system. So if you have that, which is the trigger, because they are rainfall induced, you analyze the type of soil and then you look 
at other supportive examples, the type of uh, agroforestry which is being practiced, you can be able now to do a prediction with higher accuracy. That's why we are saying these villages. But for adaptation, what I can advise is that farmers have been, we have been uh, discussing with farmers, they are talking about when you intercrop deep-rooted trees with the tea, they create a canopy. But I would like to throw a question to even researchers. When the deep-rooted trees, there is no competition of nutrients because the, the soils are deep and the tree, the roots will go down. Mm -hmm. So they weigh both options. They prune the trees, but the trees remain in the farm. Yeah. Because the loss is greater when you lose the whole land, like what we have been looking, than the small percentage that you are seeing is affecting the quality of your tea. Mm -hmm. So one of the few things is that uh, we cannot force farmers, but we need to create awareness. But at the same time, we may put some legislation. In some countries like Rwanda, soil conservation is taken out by the government. In the yesterday years here in Kenya, even Central Kenya, the Minister of Agriculture officers, they used to come to your farm and advise that you have to develop this stretch. It's not there. In the release of March, April and May, you say that you're projecting um, high rainfall that is actually expected. The question is, in terms of the GIS tools that you're using, in terms of understanding, are you able to project where the landslides are likely to be? Yes, our tool, as I said, up to what level? Because because the tool, you will be able to really say, this is the maximum amount of rainfall that each area. Like what we have said, the middle zone will receive more than uh, 700 millimeters. Mm -hmm. We also have the probability of receiving. We get the given the probabilities. But now, we also combine with the history of the village, mm -hmm. or the area, mm -hmm. the rainfall, and the steep terrain. So when you combine both of them, you are able, up to village level, that this village is going to ransom. Mm -hmm. For example, areas which already have cracks and there is no water that is flowing to the river where the rains and rains are continuing, we are not seeing a recharge of rivers. So it's just accumulating in those cracks. Mm -hmm. So the, that's why we are saying we have advanced as an office. That's why even now, other than just forecasting, we are using our communication channels. Kenya Meteorological Department started Kagema Lady. FM 106.5. We are passing for educating and creating awareness of landslides in Nyiranga County, Upper Zone. So we even have to employ people from those villages, which are so that they will be our primary intermediary. Because when you go somewhere and you employ one of their own who comes from a landslide or a hazard area, they will be able using their local language. Because meteorology, meteorology as an applied science is so technical. So we have to coexist with the land. And to coexist, we have now to adopt what we are saying, the, the, the planting of deep-rooted trees, climate-proofing our projects. Say so that a development should not come to trigger a hazard. Despite the dangers projected by the Kenya Meteorological Department, Wamboi says the vocational school management has evicted her family out of the school. Miner sees a danger in returning and he says his farm is easily waterlogged whenever rains strike. He's also afraid of a cliff atop his farm. He says this time round his family might not survive in case another disaster strikes. 
When it rains after three days, springs arise from the underground. As early as this January, the springs did show. The surprising thing, the ground would look dry, but wherever there is a crack, water dashes out. Even meteorologists who came after the landslide identified the water body is too close. I would not want my family to resettle on that land. Returning there is preparing them for death because that landslide is not the first time. In 1961, the same land had a landslide. By then, we lived in a settlement. This is the second one. Madioya River borders our land on the lower end. On the higher end, there is a cliff. I fear that as time goes by, those stones will fall. One boy says the family has fundraised to secure land elsewhere. They need about 400 to 500,000 shillings to buy an acre of land. Unfortunately, they haven't secured the full amount yet. Asking us to return to the affected land is equal to casting us out to die as the government does not care about our lives. No one can feel the pain. We felt the same way we do. The challenge now is losing on the building materials if we refuse to relocate. If the government must rebuild, it's okay, but we won't stay there. We're planning on buying an alternative land. We have fundraised, but did not manage to raise the money we needed. An acre of land we found in Sagana is between 400,000 and 500,000 shillings. Though we conducted fundraising, we have not managed to raise that amount of money. In the meantime, Mombo and her family of four are renting at Getuge Center. Maina hopes that someday he will afford just a small, safe space to build just a homestead to shelter his family. As a human being, I think about where I am in life, the future my children have and the ability I have to ensure they have a better life. These thoughts are depressing. If the house is rebuilt, my family will not return. I will be forced to live alone. If we do not stay together as a family, then that home will not be home. My son developed chronic headaches since then. He seems more affected by the life we are living now. We might not have had the best life, but we were better off. He relies on medication. I was told he requires a head scan, but I don't know where to start without money. My wish to people of goodwill, please help me buy a small land just to put up a homestead. That's my only wish. That was Maina, a victim of the 2018 landslide in Moranga, central Kenya, still struggling to find a place to shelter his family three years on. In case you want to reach out to them, write us an email info at africaclimateconversations.com. Remember, this series is part of an ongoing mental health and climate impact series. You can access other episodes and many more by visiting our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com or through Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, or any other channel you access your podcast. 
We are also very grateful to the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists, whose grant has made this series possible. Join me again next week. We will still be in Moranga County and we will be looking at the extent of mental health issues in the county. But until next week on Tuesday, Kwaheri, my name is Sophie Mbogwa. Inaindeshwa na Afriboards.